there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, Advanced Medicine is on just in the nick of time. Even though I got knocked off the air temporarily last hour, it had nothing to do with Dr. Batar for once. He's here. He's ready. (laughs) And I'm so glad you're here just in case I get knocked off again. You and Super D can carry on into the day. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How do you know that you were knocked off and wasn't intentionally done? Well, you know, I don't know because it was one of those hours where it was really, I was feeling the spirit moving me intensely, emotionally, about the outrageous claims of grandfatherly medical doctor doing the bidding of the vaccine industrial complex, promoting a flu shot agenda that was without merit, without basis, without scientific validity. And I'm thinking, how do these people continue to say this with a straight face and get away with it? I was like, enough already. Well, you know that this is part and parcel of the propaganda machine. So they have their their in-house people that are paid handsomely to promote their agenda. And um, so I'm sure, I don't know who this person is, but I'm sure it falls into the same category. Absolutely it does. And, uh, you know, you've been calling them out for years, and no, no doubt you've been attacked and, and, and tried, they try to shut you down. I know, I, we know all this. We've been on these journeys together as well. And uh, that's why I'm so grateful that we, you know, doing an end around the mainstream media by getting this now, not only through uh, syndicated radio on GCN, but you know, all of the different ways that they get the MP3s later, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, UK Health Radio, MedicalRewind.com, all of the archives, as well as AdvancedMedicine.com and uh, SoundCloud now and YouTube, whenever we get the links going. And, and it's going. A lot of people are watching already and then downloading it later. So. Let's talk breast cancer and breast cancer treatment. This is a fascinating story. I think it made the news in a lot of places, Super Don was telling me. I've got the one up in front of me that's headlined by NPR, National Public Radio. The headline reads, she survived breast cancer, but says a treatment side effect almost killed her. And this woman is just, you know, happy to be alive, Virginia Herod, diagnosed stage three. She had double mastectomy. But guess what the surgeons did, Dr. Batar? They removed 16 lymph nodes from under her armpit and the area around her breast. And guess what? If you can imagine, happened after the surgery. Uh, she had bilateral or probably unilateral, but could be bilateral lymphatic uh, stagnation with lymphedema, swelling of her arms, pain, uh, decrease of range of motion, and then probably resulted secondary blood clots because of the stagnation of circulation. Yeah, and cellulitis infection, massive intravenous antibiotic therapy. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's the first time you and I have discussed this. You brought out the idea that how absurd is it to remove the very methods by which your body pathways, channels, if you will, by which the body is trying to remove these offending elements that are contributing to cancer. And because they may find cancer cells in a lymph node, they go, oh, my gosh, that that your, your, your lymph nodes are, they are cancer. Let's remove them. And, of course, at that moment forward, if you survive the treatment, now you've got these secondary complications. This woman's saying it's worse than the cancer and the breast removal. Yeah, this is very, very common where people have actually experienced 
a treatment, conventional treatment, specifically when you're dealing with cancer or heart disease, which are the two major killers in the industrialized world, representing more than 80% of all deaths from all causes of death. So you mm-hmm. take homicide, suicide, uh, natural disasters, war, all of the disease processes, combine them all together, they represent less than 20% of all deaths in the industrialized world. So when you deal with cancer and heart disease, the actual standard of care treatment, when people go through it, Many, many people that survived the treatment would have said that they would rather die than to go through that treatment again. In fact, in my book, mm. uh, I wrote about my first experience, or one of my first experiences that led me to change my thought process in medicine, which was when I was the director of emergency medicine at Montreux Army Community Hospital, and one of the ladies that had come that came in, a uh, long story, but it's in the book for anybody that has it, you can read it, you, you may remember it, Robert yourself, but she was mm-hmm. a cancer patient that had uh, gone into remission. She came back in the emergency room. Uh, she had unilateral swelling. She had a history of cancer, obviously. To me, it was lymphatic obstruction causing lymphedema. Center for CAT scan came back, and, of course, it was a recurrence of her cancer. And so this is this this uh, component that you're talking about, the story, is exactly the same uh, scenario what happened with this patient back in 19, or was it 1993, I guess it was, and um, she was, uh, she, she basically said, I would rather, her exact words, and I quoted her in the book, I remember those mm-hmm. words to the day I die, I'd rather die than let you bastards touch me. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather die than let you bastards touch me again. That's what she said. And mm-hmm. the thing that hit me the most was that she had categorized me along with those bastards. I had nothing to do with her care. But, you know, it was all the chemo and radiation that she sure. had. And so yeah. people, people's experience, what this person just said, it's not an isolated, it's not a common, it's not even a general. It's a very, very predominant feeling that most people that have gone through this type, you know, these type of conventional treatments have vowed that, you know, the experience was so traumatizing. So not everybody, but I would say definitely the majority of people have said, if I have to ever go through this again, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and you mentioned... Come through. We've got you, you mentioned that have come through this type of scenario and they've come and, and had a recurrence of their cancers and they've said um, that they they would rather die than to go through that type of treatment and they were so grateful that there were other options etc cetera, etc cetera. and they've told their family members you know leave me alone this is the way I'm going um, mm-hmm. or I'm just going to go fishing and my life is over I don't want to go through that hell again I'd rather meet my maker than to go through that experience again. Dr. Matar, the story in the book talks focuses, at least initially, you say, on the uh, chemo radiation side of it. This woman now is talking primarily about the surgery. She says cancer was a piece of cake. It was the lymphedema that almost killed me. Again, after the fact, now we're talking surgery because we've argued that there are cases of surgical intervention can be life-saving. We would acknowledge that with allopathic medicine. But in this case, what they're doing is not just removing cancerous and even non-cancerous tissue, but specifically they're removing one of the vital systems that is put design, designed by God to help us deal with these potential insults, assaults that would manifest as cancer. The drainage canal of the body, the lymph nodes, they're removing them, all of them, much less one or two even that you could argue. But the whole idea is, did they get anatomy and physiology in, you know, like, pre-med? Yeah, but the problem is, Robert, you're making the assumption that people are actually understanding and learning what they're learning. It doesn't work that way. You go through, you learn all this stuff, and they beat it out of you. It has nothing to do with what you've learned physiologically, because if they did, 
if medicine was about what you learned in physiology, nobody, pharmaceuticals wouldn't even have a role in the, in the whole aspect of medicine. So it's mm. all propaganda. You learn these different things, but then you get into clinical medicine and the standard of care and how you're beaten into, the, into submission, and everybody does it this way. Why do you do it this yeah. way? Because this is the way we've always done it. You know, it's like that old <laughs> adage from the war movies. You know, everything you learned at boot camp, forget it. If you want to survive, you, you follow what I'm <laughs> going to do. Well, that's what basically they tell you when you get into, when you get in as a senior third year or fourth year medical student right. you follow what the interns do and the interns are doing what the residents are telling them and, and basically you do exactly what they're saying and it's all passed down it's a generational you know the the attending the generational the idiocracy exactly you know that's exactly what it's, it's like remember what you learned in high school about the role of the liver forget everything you learned about the liver because everything you're going to do from here forward poisons it I, i'm just like exactly you see why that's i have exactly lo- what I, it is yeah that's exactly what it is it's it's you know, if you start looking at what interferon does and what, like, even just what over-the-counter Tylenol does, you start mm-hmm. understanding, oh, my God, I'm superseding and violating and creating every possible damage that I could to the liver um, on a slow, insidious um, manner. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just pure idiocy. So, you know, yeah. when you're talking about this particular case with the removal of the lymph nodes, uh, the surgical intervention, the saddest part of that whole thing is that that's the least damaging of the whole standard of care for chemotherapy, when you deal with cancer, with chemotherapy and radiation surgery. Surgery is mm-hmm. the least invasive, the least damaging. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it really it's is. Wild, because yes. the surgery, yeah, because the surgery is localized to that area that, you, that you're operating on. Even if you go through the whole body and take out all the lymph nodes, you're still dealing with the lymphatics. Whereas chemo, it's generalized. You can't isolate chemo until they have better targeting methodologies. Boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, low-dose insulin potential chemotherapy, that's a better way because it's... it's uh, uh, it's somewhat selective, somewhat targeted. Yeah, I, I right. get it. And it's a little less poison. Selective. Yeah. Exactly. It's a little less poison. Mm-hmm. But even then, uh, you know, selective proceeding with the radiation and all that stuff, yes, it's, it's more localized. But the point is still, you're causing a tremendous amount of collateral damage. You're causing a lot mm-hmm. of DNA addicts to be formed and a lot of toxins to be introduced into the system, which then cause further suppression of apoptosis and uncontrolled cellular proliferation, which is the definition of cancer. So the treatment right. itself in a normal physiological state will induce abnormal states of physiology, i.e. cause cancer. So it's, yeah. you, know, you cannot solve a problem with the same mindset that created the first place. And this is a right. theorem of, you know, this is something that Einstein had said, and, and yet that's exactly what we're doing. We created the problem by introducing already too many um, toxic substances in, in the world and mm-hmm. into, the, you know, into the industrialized world. People are using this stuff in all sorts of different manners, the heavy metals, organophosphates, the persistent organic pollutants, you know, the, the toluenes, the benzene, the fluorine, hydrocarbons, all these different things. We're inhaling them we are in our food systems, et cetera, et cetera. And then Dr. Bittar, that, we have, yes. The, the other thing is innovation and surgical intervention. I'm, like, fascinated right. by it because I'm, I'm kind of a nerd and a geek in that arena. I'm going, I'm fascinated that they can do amazing things, okay? I admit that. But... Here's the case of like, wow, they've really come up with something unique because of the dunderheaded doctors that preceded them. They actually have a, a transplant scenario where they can take lymphatic tissue nodes from other areas of your body and transplant them back into the place where they removed the nodes beforehand. Yeah, I, I, again, I, you know, it doesn't make any sense except for that the thought process is the cancer, for instance, in the nodes is causing it, it's in a spread of the disease, whereas in in actuality the how do you separate the lymphatics that are effectively doing their job and filtering out mm-hmm. cancer versus the lymphatics that are actually diseased how do you differentiate that 
And until right. you have come up with a methodology to differentiate that, you can't really start to come up with a treatment of removing lymph nodes and transplanting from other sources of the body because now you're causing two problems. One, you're removing the lymph nodes from where they are uh, and putting new lymph nodes in there, but you're also removing those lymph, good lymph nodes from the area of the body that is also needed, so you're creating another relative deficit. So right. you, know, you have to first define the methodology to identify that there's actually reason to remove the lymph nodes in the first place, and they haven't done that. Folks, we can't make this stuff up. We're going to talk more advanced medicine to get beyond this, particularly something we've been warning you about, the millimeter wave technology in airports, TSA. Is it harmless? You're going to think about this when we come back. The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Uh, if you know Dr. Rosh Batara like I do here at Advanced Medicine, you know where he was about to go into that break. He was about to let people know that they're doing all that other garbage to treat cancer and ignoring the real cause, which is what? Which are what the causes? <laughs> I'm sorry, was that my lead in, Robert? I'm, I missed that. You got what it. Are what are the causes? Cancer? I mean, yeah. right. So, so it's the, the causes of cancer as the same as the causes of heart disease, the same as causes of all pathology, are the seven toxicities. Um, and this is the reason we kept the nine steps to keep the doctor away, is because if you follow those nine steps, you're going to basically start negating all of the things that actually cause cancer. So if you want to distill it down, it's an accumulation of toxicity, which is the seven toxicities, the heavy metals, the persistent organic pollutants, the opportunistic, the energetics, then we go into the the um, more esoteric things. So energetics is the fourth one. Fifth one is the emotional, psychological. Sixth one is what we do to foods, the homogenization, pasteurization, uh, irradiation, genetic modification, that type of stuff. And the fifth, sixth one, uh, seventh one is the spirituality. So the toxicities is mm-hmm. one aspect. And then, of course, we've got the lack of nutrients, the nutrient deficiencies, the relative nutrient deficiencies of the foods that we're taking in. And then you've got all these other aspects, like of exercise, lack of water, you know, not enough relaxation, too much stress, et cetera, et cetera. You put all this stuff together. This is a recipe for disaster. This is increasing oxidative stress. This is what leads to cancer. This is what leads to heart disease. And yes, people say, well, this may be overly simplistic, but it's actually not. This is exactly what we do to reestablish that basic foundation. And then we do some specific things to help the body, one, recognize the cancer is being foreign, and two, to stimulate the immune system. The basis of where we start is the physiological optimization and the detoxification. Get rid of the stuff the body doesn't need, get rid of the stuff that's bad for the body, and give the body what it needs to then give the body a chance to overcome what we as a society have created. Because this this is a modern-day plague. You know, the incidence Mm -hmm. of cancer has increased. The incidence of heart disease has increased, not decreased. And we're throwing more and more money at it, more and more fancy drugs at it, more innovation at it, and yet the percentages of people being affected by this is just increasing. So and then, Dr. Batar, the, the sheep will continue to go to medical doctors as if they actually know how to prevent this stuff and reverse this stuff. Yeah. And then if you're not going to medical doctors, you're seeing your local TSA agent for a colonoscopy, perhaps. Or maybe if they're not giving you the once-over because you haven't refused to go through this thing, you get millimeter wave technology, which they say is safe. And Mike Adams at Natural News showed that the, their, their findings were completely made up in bunk. They haven't tested these devices for safety. Now we're finding out that Los Alamos study laboratory there found out that even though this isn't technically ionizing radiation, 
these millimeter wave technologies are causing DNA damage. They are going below the skin. The, this is the one where you walk in and you have to raise your arms up, and they supposedly uh, blur your private parts as they look at you uh, to see if they can see anything. And people just go right through it because they believe the government says it's fine or they don't want to be inconvenienced by slowing down. Of course, if there was a mass walkout to say, no, we all want to opt out, the whole system would shut down. Uh, but, of course, the American sheeple are not ready to stand up against these authoritarian dunderheads that are willing to millimeter wave ourselves into cancer of the skin, the eyes, wherever this is going to manifest. Yeah, and I think that more and more people probably are aware, but they're not certain. Um, I can tell you that I have never, ever gone through one of those scanners. I have actually missed a flight, and I've come damn close to missing a number of flights, because I opted out, and so to get my, you know, live massage, um, it delayed yeah. me going through um, through security. But um, I have global entry now, and and for the last maybe year and a half, two years actually, and so usually I get TSA pre-check. But even then, sometimes TSA pre-check with the random, um, they'll do a random stop, and I'll tell them that no, I'm not going to go through it. You know, I'll opt out for the. Uh, the free massage and uh, i always right. like to have it done in the in public too but i've never <laughs> gone through one of the scanners my kids won't go through the scanners and um and and i love the way that tsa people always tell you how safe it is and i said yeah. oh, no i know like I know they exactly. know i don't even argue i don't even argue with them i said no no i know it's totally safe i know it's totally safe i just want to opt out i just need to get my massage right i just need <laughs> to be rubbed right now yeah. folks you know the thing is in, in, in this article they talk about hey have one of those portable slings they say put the sling on because your arm is in a sling. You can't raise your arm, then they can't go through it. So they they give you the uh, the magnetometer. You just walk through the magnets, right? And that's not really harmful, relatively speaking. So it's right in there in the article. Read it. Check it out. It's all in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Fascinating, fascinating revelation. Not not new to us, but again, letting it out because Los Alamos now knows that it's a problem. Dr. Batar knew something 15 years ago that we're just now discovering specifically related to the swine flu vaccine campaign of 1976, the disaster that it was. Well, it wasn't only a disaster for the people who lost their lives from the shot itself, but the unknown causes of many chronic diseases from that point forward. Could it be linked to that? It's in the notes. Check it out. Dr. Batar is going to comment on us. More advanced medicine after this break. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. in the health world through the power of radio it's the robert scott bell show all right you ever miss the show uh, archives are available right after the show at our home for broadcast radio syndication gcn gcnlive.com then available itunes stitcher tune in uk health radio and soundcloud and of course when we're, the youtube's working you are there too and with dr batar's episodes he's known as advanced medicine we've got hundreds and hundreds of hours of advanced medicines uh, if I can call them that, in radio, available to you at medicalrewind.com. Eventually, you'll find it through advancedmedicine.com as well. Uh, Dr. Batar, so as we launch into this next phase, obviously, uh, it's another vaccine story because there's so many of them that create problems. We go back to the swine flu scare of 1975. They rushed into production in 1976, a swine flu vaccine, which ended up harming and killing more people than ever had swine flu. Now, 
We could say that was a disaster and they should have abandoned the flu shot campaign after that to say, man, we've got to rethink this. But, of course, they doubled and quadrupled down to make the CDC have a more more reason to continue going to up their budget. I know what I want to tell them to up, but that's another story. But I did not know this part of the story. And this is at Health Impact News. It's a fascinating article. And it says, are many modern diseases linked to the failed mass swine flu vaccination in 1976? And if you look at the stats, I mean, you don't even have to understand the whole study. You just say, okay, we we do an analysis of peer-reviewed literature, medical literature, with unknown causes in it. The term unknown causes. And it's almost non-existent. It's very low incidence of those kind of studies during the time from about mid-1940s to mid-1970s. Then suddenly it skyrockets and goes up ever since that point in time, unknown causes. I'm just trying to think of what happened in 1976 to make that a possibility, to make a link. And I asked Super Don, when was, um, what was it, the, the nuclear disaster, Three Mile Island? And apparently that wasn't until like 79, so that wasn't it. So we keep coming back, and what I'm left with, and, and apparently, Dr. Batar, you knew this in 1976, that the swine flu vaccine mass campaign may have, in fact, contributed to the incidence of unknown etiology, if you will, idiopathic, they'll sometimes call it, uh, chronic diseases. Well, I didn't know it then because I was only 10 years old then, but... but <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Give your time. Right. So basically, um, at a conference probably about 16 years ago, um, the head of the laboratory division at MD Anderson, uh, a doctor by the name of Garth Nicholson, who I mentioned to you before that he wrote a yes. book with his wife called Project Daylily, um, goes back to some of the experiments done with the military and such, but um, and some of the history behind the AIDS virus, et cetera, et cetera. But Garth Nicholson was asked this question um, because he had done some preliminary data, some preliminary uh, data collection where he found in children with autism they had a very high level of mycoplasma and spirochete infections with Lyme and such had found, um, compared to the rest of the regular population, a statistically significant increase in the incidence of these uh, pathogens within this specific patient population, the autistic patient population. And I was on a panel with him at that time, and the question was posed, you know, why to me, why I didn't do the test to see what the incidence of these various um, opportunistic infections were in the autistic population. And my response was, why would anybody look at it? We know already that they are a, 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 this is like a a convention for these opportunistic pathogens when they find somebody, a, a host like an autistic child, because you know that they are immunosuppressed because they have mercury issues. That's why they've got the denudation of the new fibrils, the developmental delay. They're already immunocompromised. So this is why the opportunistics, that's why I call them opportunistics, they find people that have a susceptibility, and that's where they set up house. Now, when you start looking at the 1976 uh, swine flu um, component, and you then look at the H1N1 that came you know, much later uh, in, the, in the early 2000s, um, and you start looking at the... Uh, similarities. You remember that with H1N1, if the entire population of the planet had been vaccinated the way that the governments wanted to, like 97% of the Germans revolted, wouldn't get this uh, H1N1. Uh, in UK, they didn't do it. In the United States, there was two different nursing groups that went all the way to the Supreme Court 
trying to prevent the mandatory H1N1, how President Obama was on TV saying that they estimated that 20% of the world's of, uh, the U.S. population, i.e. 60 million Americans, would die. And that's why they said it was important to get the H1N1 vaccine. And people laughed about it, the outcry about the H1N1 outbreak in Los Angeles, where the Los Angeles um, uh, Times, I think one of the Los Angeles papers, reported uh, 64 cases of H1N1 documented deaths, and nobody's talking about it, and suddenly the story went dead because all 64 deaths were associated with people that actually had been vaccinated. The vaccination of the H1N1 would have caused, if people had done the vaccine, it would have caused the 60 million deaths that Obama had predicted. Um, mm. In other words, the vaccination program itself would have allowed people to become susceptible and, and millions would have died, but people laughed it off and people didn't uh, do the H1N1 vaccines. People refused to in mass exodus from the vaccination program. All over the world, people refused to do it. So that was one of the reasons why we didn't have those massive casualties. And I think in the swine flu component in the 1976, that time frame, it was the same type of situation. That was like a preliminary. If people had the swine flu vaccine and then they have you know, some of these other vaccines all along, it's setting mm-hmm. them up. Each one is a step down the ladder until the, there's no more ladder to go down. And it's a free fall, and that's where the abyss of cancer and, and these other chronic diseases are, and, and people die. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a stacking process. Um, or I think, I think a descent into hell is what would be a more accurate picture. Each, each yeah. time... And when these vaccines occurs, you're making your own immune system more susceptible to what's out there. And then I also believe, again, you know, some people would say that I'm conspiratorial, but Robert, you and I probably think alike. I think Realist. That those that are yeah, those that are in control and those that know, they know that each one of these vaccines has been set up to further create um, a dampening of the immune system or a um, almost like a delayed... Uh, like a developmental delay, but it's like a developmental delay in the immune system. And it's almost causing sure. a slow detriment, like a little time bomb ticking away that causes more and more of these things. I mean, just think about it right now, the incidence of cancer, and you look at the, the increase in incidence of vaccinations, this is, this is not rocket science. I mean, for God's sake, you look at the curve, vaccines going up, 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 cancer going up, up, up. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's not a Dr. Bichara, not a, I, extrapolation. No, it's not. And I've said this for many years that vaccines are the gateway drug. And I call it that the gateway drug to a lifelong dependence on allopathic intervention, because the very thing that they claim you need to just live just to survive is the very thing that precipitates a chronic downturn in your health that then necessitates in a medical monopoly treatment after treatment after treatment drug to manifest what the symptoms that it needs another drug to suppress on and on and on. So it's a brilliant, evil, but brilliant plan to profit off of disease, right? The, the business of healthcare in a monopoly medicine scenario is disease. And the more we can get you hooked on drugs to suppress some of those symptoms, we create others, you are locked in for life. And now we got fully half of the American population completely clouded and blinded, demanding that they have universal access to the third, perhaps second or first leading cause of death, modern medicine, as a litmus to say, if you don't, if you don't grant us this, that you don't care. In fact, the very thing that would be caring is to obliterate this system and start over, or do like Buckminster Fuller says, make the existing system obsolete. And that's kind of what you have done, and why you call it advanced medicine, not modern medicine. It's advanced medicine because their standard of care is so low as to be disastrously disease-inducing and disease-creating. 
But Robert, you know, what you just said, I, I appreciate that accurately, but what you just said, I mean, look, to, to annihilate the existing system and then to make it forced mandatory for everyone to walk two miles a day, that's, that's forced mandatory. If you don't walk two miles, you go to jail. I mean, just, just instead of, you want to force somebody to do something? Instead of forcing no. people to do a vaccine, force people to walk two miles a day, okay? Force people to just walk two miles a day, and you will see the incidence of all sorts of problems start to diminish. All, I mean, people with arthritis will start having less problems with arthritis. People with depression will start having less problem with depression. People that are insomniacs will have less problem with insomnia. People with mm-hmm. all sorts of ailments, constipation will not be as big of an issue. Just by walking two freaking miles a day. And hey, you really want to do something really healthy? Go three miles. You know, get like audible.com <laughs> right. or, or get the, your favorite humorous program and put it on your iPhone. Everybody has an iPhone or, or, or some type of a, you know, Android device and walk and listen to music or, or, or just you know, listen to an audio book or whatever you want, but just walk two to three miles a day and you will see, I mean, this is not, again, this is not rocket science. I'm just talking about walking. It doesn't cost yeah. anything. You don't need any equipment. You just need freaking a pair of shoes and just go and walk. <laughs> just that Be itself is going to, you. I mean, you talk about annihilating the system, just yeah. making that, just one change. Forget about the drugs. Forget about the stuff. Just mandatory. Everybody, every human being has to walk. And if you don't walk, you go to jail. People will start walking, and you will see right. such a change in people's health. Simple. And, of course, simple you're being facetious about the forceful part because we don't advocate for force and violence to make you do something we believe is better for you. We would try to encourage you, educate you, inform. Yes, sometimes we're outraged, like tonight, on many of the levels of allopathic intervention, hopefully to point out to you that uh, you know it's a very dangerous system. Tread lightly, tread carefully, or tread not at all. And as the point of, you know, what you do, Dr. Batar, you would have to do a lot less of it in terms of what you've become expert, ex, an expert at within medicine or beyond medicine if people didn't do the disaster, starting with, again, for the sake of what we've just dis- discussed this segment, the swine flu shot intervention and suddenly unknown etiology, unknown causes in the peer-reviewed literature. Again, it, what did you think was going to happen when you eject these toxic chemicals or, or additives or, or foreign uh, DNA and RNA from animals or aborted fetal cells, et cetera. What did you think was going to happen? Unknown? Well, we didn't expect that. Uh, you, that's not very scientific if you're experimenting every which way but loose on the people and then coming back and going, well, here's a drug that could suppress the unintended consequence. But but you should not take apricot seeds because those are dangerous and saw palmetto. Um, that's also not good to take. And um, a plant that grows naturally, uh, you know, hemp, uh, marijuana should be mm-hmm. outlawed. I mean, it, you know, you start looking at the preposterous nature of what has happened. You do this human experimentation with injecting all this garbage into the body and then taking things that naturally, I mean, God created cows. And yes, we milk these cows and we've been doing it for tens of thousands of years, but making raw milk illegal. But yes, you, know, it, you see how it's just, it, it, it doesn't even make any sense. It's like, you know, are we living in Point. this type of a... Some type of a movie that's a, that's a humorous, it's like a, a... As I said, the word, uh, idiocracy. Yeah. Idiocracy. idiocracy. Yep. Folks, we got a lot more healing to go, but one more segment to do it in. Uh, before we forget, we've got to dive into Alzheimer's and the immune system. That's right. And uh, we'll be talking to you, those of you watching on YouTube, next as well. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? The Robert Scott Bell Show.
bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. All right, those of you watching on YouTube, we were co- we were reviewing this article we're about to dive into for a finale here on Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. And, you know, it's the epiphany. It's like, I think, you know, everyone, oh, you're coming through Harvard, Mass General. Okay, maybe they're actually going to figure something out here. And then at the end, the conclusion, of course, is to destroy that which is really necessary for proper health, vitality, life, etc. cetera. Uh, again, the article is about Alzheimer's and the immune system. Two guys drinking a beer. It's like they made a joke. Two guys walk into a bar. They happen to be from Mass General. What did they figure out? Well, let's destroy the immune system in a unique new way. <laughs> Dude, Dr. Batar, what is this? I, I, uh, more pulling, more hair pulling tonight. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, Truth is stranger than fiction. That's all I can say. In real time, you saw us on YouTube watching this thing going, oh, you know, I'm like expecting something really cool and exciting, perhaps. And they identify something really kind of eggheady and unique, and then they go, hmm, this could lead to a way to find a drug to destroy this. It's like your own immune response. Never asking the question, why might you having be having an aberrant immune response from something that's been with you since time began in terms of biological life forms. No question of that. It's like, no, no, let's see how we can destroy this pathway. Well, I like the fact that they actually admit that they were drinking a beer and that so, you know, you can't operate a vehicle safely uh, while doing that. But let's, let's try to change policy and affect people's lives and uh, come up with a new drug to destroy the immune mm-hmm. system as if we haven't done that enough already. Yeah, so they're talking about an immune response in the brain where they see the beta amyloid plaque uh, forming. And they're saying, my gosh, it's really, is it hyper-responding, right? Is it overacting, overreacting? But, of course, that would beg the question, if so, why? They never ask the question why. It's just, oh, we've identified it. Let's just stop it from doing it. Ignore the reason why it's happening, because it's obviously just a, a strange accident. There is no order to the universe whatsoever. Yes, yeah, so this is the reason that it's so aggravating and why I make the comments about um, how modern medicine is the logic that we use in medicine is that every time I see fires, I see fire engines. Therefore, I conclude that fire engines induce fires. And we know that that's absolutely stupid. And yet, this is exactly how we practice medicine. Our, our logic, we, we see something and we just make an assumption that what we're witnessing it has a cause and effect as opposed to the other way around. So just because you observe a fire engine, Every time there's a fire, you cannot conclude that the fire engines are inducing the fires. The fire engines are in response to the fires. And the same thing here. The information is a response to something. And rather than looking at where is the information coming from, hey, we saw information, let's just stop the information. Let's just suppress the immune system. It's the same exact logic. Every time I see fires, I see fire engines. Therefore, I conclude that I must stop the fire engines from coming. And therefore, by stopping the fire engines, I won't have any more fires. It will never work. It's insanity. It's idiocracy, as you said. Mm Mm-hmm. So what would we say? Again, mercury, aluminum, uh, the mineral displacement, the fat deficiency. You know, we've learned so much about cannabis and CBD now being neuroprotective, neuroregenerative. It's like, you know, it's enough to remove stuff. Certainly we've got to remove stuff, but we need to replenish it. Again, I recommend, and I held it up earlier for our YouTube audience, your book, the international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. It's in there, the baseline of getting out of this mess. But it requires not only an identification over a couple of beers like these Harvard uh, medical doctor scientists are figuring, but then the wisdom to go, oh, okay, we're seeing a pattern emerge here. 
Let's find out why it's happening instead of just going, let's blow it up. That's exactly right, Robert. That's exactly right. Not Let's try to destroy things and try to change things without understanding first why it's actually happening. And that's where the problem lies. This is the reason that we won't make a significant difference in the health care of the population until we understand the simple concept that the body was designed in a certain way to operate in a certain way. And as long as we follow those guidelines, those principles of physiology, we can't go wrong. As soon as we start violating them, we will drastically go wrong. We will be going in the opposite direction, and that's exactly what's happening. Um, we could have so much less agony and discomfort. Diseases like cancer and heart disease could be a thing of the past. Nobody would even be thinking about it. If people would just look at the at, at, at the researchers, the hospitals would just look at the right, the, the hierarchy, just look at the right way of taking care of the body and following the physiological parameters as opposed to the pharmaceutical model. Yeah. Beautifully said, Dr. Bittar. Hey, Super Don, I must commend you tonight. Man, your choice of stories, top-notch, fired me up and consistently, thematically, all the way through Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Thank you, Ben, on the board. Go to advancedmedicine.com and all the other links in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. We'll be back tomorrow. But in the meantime, Dr. Bittar, tell them what they need to know. The power to heal is unequivocally yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. 